morning. Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for everyone who is on the live on this morning. I'm certainly grateful for each and every one of you. We got a jam-packed show for you on this morning. Certainly grateful for God giving us this opportunity to be able to share some gospel goodness with you all. Uh, we're going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we're going to get into our word on this morning coming out of John chapter 14. I mean, not John chapter 14, even though that's one of my favorite places in the Bible, Matthew chapter 14, uh, which is another favorite place of mine in the Bible. Um, but we're going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump right into our word on this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're thankful, Lord God, that you have given us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth on today. Lord God, we're thankful for every person that is coming on to the live on this morning, Lord God, to... Um, to hear more about your word and to hear about your way. Lord God, we're asking that you just strengthen each and every one of us, that you empower us to continue to do the things that you have called us to do and to delight ourselves in you, Lord God, as we are seeking your face, as we are seeking your guidance, as we are seeking your love, as we are seeking your patience, seeking your character, seeking your truth, seeking everything there is that we can about you, Lord God. We're so grateful that you tell us to ask and it shall be given. Seek and we shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to those who want more of your spirit. So we're crying out to you, Lord God, today saying, give us more of your spirit. To those who don't have a walk with you on today, Lord God, we're asking that you allow us to say something to the people on today that will help them to grow curious about you, to want to know more about you, to want to love you, honor you, bless you in both duty and delight. And Lord God, we're just grateful that you give us this platform and give us this space to be able to just share your truth uh, one with another. Lord God, we're grateful. Um, and we just ask that with every word that's said today, Lord God, that it be all of you and none of us. And we thank your son, Jesus Christ, who paved the way for us by dying on the cross, rising again and crediting us with his righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be called the righteousness of God. It's all these things we ask and so much more in your son Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you guys so much once again for coming in to the live on this morning. Uh, we're certainly grateful that you guys are giving us this opportunity to be able to share some, um, some truth and some knowledge with you all. And we're going to start off. Um, talking about um, our continue, we're continuing our series entitled Faith Works. These are the things that God has given us to, um, to continue to empower ourselves in the word of God, in him, um, and being able to, you know, connect with him, to grow in him, to increase our faith in him. Um, and so God has given us this, these, these tools, um, these spiritual tools, these spiritual disciplines, as, as um, it's called by um, Donald Whitney. Um, this is the book um, that he wrote called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Um, and so a lot of the um, a lot of the things that we're talking about are ripped straight from his book. So this I'm not that smart. Um, but I just read a whole lot. Um, and so, but a lot of the things that he put in the book are the things that we're talking about in the, um, in the scriptures today. Um, and so one of the things that he talks about in the spiritual disciplines is the art of journaling and, um, in silence and silence, silence and solitude. I call both of those meditating. And so today we're going to be talking about meditating for the purpose of connecting to God, getting closer to God. Um, out of John, uh, out of Matthew chapter 14, starting at verse 22, we see these words. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. 
And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, um, for the wind was against them. Um, in the busyness of the world of our world today, we do not find time to have to 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 just be by ourselves. Um, whether we live in isolation or whether we live in monstrous cities where there's millions of people walking the streets every single day, by and large, we don't have a lot of downtime to ourselves. Not like we used to. Um, our minds are constantly being occupied by something. Constantly occupied by our cell phones. Constantly occupied by some show that we're binging on Netflix or Hulu um, or Disney+. Plus. We're, we're constantly watching some game. We're constantly having something on um, you know, the TV screen, there's always something that's got our attention. There's something that's got our, our focus. And by and large, we live in a world today where we are constantly distracted all the time by something. And so for Christians, for believers, we act as if we don't have a lot of time to spend meditating on the word of God. We, we act as if we don't have a lot of time to actually sit down with the Lord and meditate on him at all. We, we say, you know, well, I'm too busy with this or I'm too busy with that. Or, I've got this to do and I've got that to do. You know, I don't have enough time to do this. I don't have enough time to do that. But we have enough time to binge, to binge watch six hours of mindless TV. We have time to get on our cell phones and we can go ham on, you know, on the on the social media landscape, scrolling on TikTok, scrolling on Facebook, scrolling on Instagram to occupy our time. We have time to play games on our phones. You know, how many how many of us have crushed some candy lately? You know, we have time to, you know, to talk to our friends. We we have time to swipe right. And find out who we're going to be dating on the weekend. You know, we spend a whole lot of time and a whole lot of energy and a whole lot of effort doing mindless things. While simultaneously saying we don't have a whole lot of time to actually do the things that God would have us to do. You know, or or we don't have a lot of time to spend with the Lord. N never mind the things that he has us to do. Just spending time with the Lord. Jesus gives us the pattern. Jesus gives us an, uh, an, an understanding that the rhythm of life is such to where we should have moments of downtime. We should have those moments. And in those moments for the believer, every now and then, we should be able to enjoy solitude and silence. And in those spaces, meditate on the word of the Lord. Meditate on what God would have for us. Spending time with him in, in a way where we're able to sit and think about the things of God. Ponder about the eternal truths. It says in, um, in Colossians chapter 3, one of my favorite um, spots in the Bible to go to. <clears throat> I'm surprised the pages ain't messed up at this point. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
when Christ who is your life appears, there you will then you will also appear with him in glory. We look and see at, um, on in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse number 33. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Again, Colossians is in Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 1 down to verse 4. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Our tendency is to set our minds on everything else in the world. What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? You know, what's going, what's going on here? We ponder on the things that are going on in the world today, which by and large we have every good reason to because everybody's halfway afraid of what's going to happen. Like is World War III about to come upon us? You know, and so we have our minds set on a lot of different things all the time, you know, and, and, and our minds, you know, can sometimes produce anxiety within us as a result of the things that we're thinking about. But as believers, we should be pondering eternal things. Now, I'm not saying we got to ponder them all the time. I'm not saying that we don't have to ponder them all the time. But I'm saying for the for for some of the time of our lives, we should be pondering on eternal things. Because that's where Christ is in eternity, that our minds should be set on things above, not on things that are transient. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this light momentary affliction, it's, it's pales in comparison to the surpassing weight of eternal glory that's waiting for us on the other side through Christ Jesus. And so our minds should be there. Our minds should be set on things that are spiritual. But how can our minds be set on things that are spiritual when we spend the vast majority of our time, energy, and effort not thinking about the Lord at all? Most of the time, the only time we think about Jesus is when we're going to church. By and large, for, for some of us, the only time that we think about Jesus is when we are having to preach or when we're having to teach or when there's something that we're supposed to be doing. It's the only time that we crack open our Bibles. We, we don't spend time with the Lord. We spend time doing things for the Lord. And again, I'm, I've been guilty of it too, and I'm working on it myself. But for the vast majority of us, we don't spend time with the Lord just to spend time with the Lord. There's always some mission that's attached to what we're doing. And so what God is saying to us today is that during the downtime, when we have some time that's not, you know, connected to anything that we got to do or anything that we got to be at that moment, we should be humble enough to be able to come to Christ and just sit with him, meditating on what he has told us and meditating on what this means for our lives. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. When we went, when we went and talked, um, when we went and had a conversation about prayer, we said that, you know, during prayer, we can sometimes pray the scriptures if we don't know what to pray. That as we're reading and as we're reading the scriptures and looking at what the scriptures is telling us, you know, it gives us a pattern of how to pray for things that we otherwise wouldn't know to pray for. The example we used the other day was talking about Philippians chapter, um, chapter four, when we talked about you know, being able to be all be in whatever state that I need to be in and being content with that. And in doing so, allowing us the ability to be able to say, God, help me to be content today. Help me that no matter what state I'm in, whether I'm up, whether I'm down, whether I'm good, whether I'm bad, where things are going right, things are going wrong. Help me to be content in you 
and that being our prayer that's being led through scripture. In that same way, scripture can lead us to meditate and ponder on the things of God. Going back to that same scripture where it talks about in whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content. I can go back and now sit down for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe, maybe more, maybe less, depending upon how I'm feeling at the time, and ask the question, God, in what ways in my life am I not being content? You know, in what ways am I so anxious and afraid of what's going on in my life right now that I'm, that I'm not leaning on you, not trusting in you, not depending on you? For Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How am I not, how, in what areas of my life am I not leaning on you? In what areas in my life am I not leaning on your strength? Your strength that's made perfect in my weakness. In what ways and what areas of my life am I not looking in the landscape of my life and saying, you know what? You know, in this area of my life, I'm really not trusting in God like I should. I'm really not believing in him like I ought to. I'm really not spending time, you know, pondering on the, etern the eternality of what I'm going through right now. You know, I'm not looking at it from the big picture. I'm so myopic in my view right now that I can't see how I can't see how God is putting this together and it's making me anxious rather than trusting in him. <sighs> Having to know trusting in him without believing in him and what he's doing for my life. A lot of times we spend so much time so much energy and so much effort being, you know, put in a position that we don't know, you know, how God's going to help and we don't know how God's going to do this and we don't know how God's going to do that. But I can sometimes say, you know, I'm not trusting in God in that moment. When I think about Philippians chapter four for a little bit of time, I can recognize the, tr the problem areas in my life and now know what to submit to God with. That, hey, God, you know, I'm really going through it. I'm really having a tough time in this area. Help me to be more content in you. Help me to rest in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And there may be other texts, other texts that you read one day where, you know, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, for example. I sit back and meditate on five minutes on how I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And now my heart just bursting with thanksgiving about all the things that he's done for me. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for, you know, salvation. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for the house. Thank you for the job. Lord, I've, I've seen you work wondrous ways. Thank you for keeping my family safe. Thank you for keeping us protected from all dangers seen and unseen. Thank you, God, for, you know, the dog that, you know, me and, I, me and her got a, a really love-hate relationship right now, but it's getting better. I thank you for that. Like, thank you for, you know, for the car that I drive. Thank you for, you know, the things that I'm able to do. Thank you for the friends that I have. Like, our, my heart could just burst in thanksgiving by spending a little bit of time in solitude and a little bit of time in silence. That if I just read what he said in his word, if I meditate on it for just a little bit, my heart just explodes, explodes in joy, explodes in peace and explodes in love. And so, again, it's not just not just talking about, you know, bad, hard times, but also the good times too. thanking God. You know, the, the songwriter Torn Wells looks, uh, says it like this. You're the God of the hills and the valleys. When I'm on the mountaintop, Lord, keep me humble. When I'm in the valley, Lord God, keep, you know, keep me covered. 
you know, and in any and all situations, if we just take a few moments, again, just a few moments, it ain't got to be no long two hour drawn out thing, but just a few moments of our time getting unplugging from the phone, unplugging from Netflix, unplugging from the distractions, getting off of Tinder for two minutes, you know, and just giving ourselves and getting even getting off of TikTok for crying out loud and just meditating for a moment on the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us. Or the fact that even though you're going through a hard time, God has not left us. God has not abandoned us. God is not done with us. That there's still that, that God is still in the miracle working business. How much more of, of, of trust would we have in the Lord if we were spending more time with him? In that same vein, journaling becomes a part of meditation. Now, I'm not a big journaler. I used to be growing up, but I'm not so much anymore. But journaling doesn't have to necessarily be a daily thing. But every so often, you know, we find we could find ourselves in a position where it's so much going on up here. There's so much going on in here and so much going on in here that we got to get it out. We got to get it out. And we can't get it out to our friends, can't get it out to this person, that person, whatever. Journaling is a very good way of getting out what's inside. If you think about the book of Psalms, all 160 of them, 11 million of them. When we think about the book of Psalms, all of our Psalms, all 150 of them are journal entries. They're literally song lyrics that someone pondered on as they were meditating on the goodness of Jesus and all that he did for them or the issues and problems that they were having at the time and feeling a need to tell somebody something about what God was up to. Even David himself, he was journaling at a time when he was going through some of the hardest moments of his life, you know, after he had, um, you know, slept with Bathsheba, got her pregnant, killed Uriah and Nathan confronted him, he wrote a psalm about that and said, God, to you and you alone have I sinned. And please wash me, you know, purge me as hyssop, purge me with hyssop, wash me clean, make me white as snow. That's literally a journal entry made into a song, made into a psalm. We see his, a whole bunch of stuff, whole bunch of stuff of just journal entries, people writing, these are the, this is how I'm feeling right now, God, please deliver me, please protect me, God, where you at, girl, girl, God, where my, um, where, where, where's your, where's your power, where's your might, where's your strength, you know, where, where are you, you know, God, I'm so glad you're here, God, I'm so glad you protect me, God, please keep me, God, I love your law. I delight in your law. I meditate on it day and night. Those who meditate on it are like a tree that are planted by the, by the rivers of water. Those are all journal entries. Those are all writings. Those are all someone's musings, pondering on the goodness of God and inspired by the Holy Spirit to write. This is how I'm feeling. And so we have, again, the blueprint set before us in our word alone that you know, it is helpful just to get our thoughts out. I believe it's in Psalm 88, and, I, and I'm using this for an, as an example to show us what I mean by this being, um, being a, um, a journal entry 
Because if I'm not mistaken, um, if it is Psalm 88, yep. In Psalm 88, Psalm 88 does not end well. Psalm 88 does not end well. Most of our psalms always have some type of like nice little ending that says, you know, but God be my help and God be my strength and God, I love you forever and you're going to take care of me and blah, blah, blah. Psalm 88 doesn't do that. Let me read it to you guys. Y'all going to be like, where's the, where's the, where's the good stuff? It ain't there. Oh Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you night and day before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to hear my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol, Sheol being another word for hell. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more. For they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves, Selah. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Selah. Is your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are you wonders? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the hand of the on the land of forgetfulness? But I, O oh Lord, cry to you in the morning. My prayer comes before you, O oh Lord. Why do you cast my soul away, and why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death, my from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. He's talking about his wife and his friends um, to shun me. My companions have become darkness. And that's the end. That's the end of the psalm. There's no salvation, there's no altar call, there's no, God, you're still my strength. No, this man is hurting. That's the depth of what God is trying to do, is trying to show us. You can be honest with God about where you're at. That you can have a relationship with him in such to where you ain't got to hide how you feel. And journaling is one surefire way, one surefire way to get those feelings that you have out of you, good, bad, or indifferent, because God can work with your honesty. He doesn't want our fakeness. He wants our honesty. He wants our vulnerability. He wants our truth. And as a result, if we go, if we just, again, look at the Psalms themselves, it should encourage us. That we can be honest about where we are and in that space allow God to steep down into our souls and allow us to build, to be built up in such a way to where we can grow in the knowledge and the wisdom and the love and the peace and the guidance and the patience of him. And so again, we bring all this up to say that God has given us a treasure trove of opportunities to be able to commune with him if we just take a little bit of time out of our days 
to unplug from him, to unplug from, from, from the, the, not to unplug from him, to unplug from the world, get off our cell phones, you know, just for, just for a little bit. Don't be so caught up in trying to catch up with all the latest shows on Netflix and Hulu. Those shows ain't going nowhere as far as we can tell. As far as we can tell, you know, they might they might go away, I don't know. But they're not going anywhere anytime soon. You know, and going back to the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, he tells us that if we have such a hard time, if we have such a hard time not being able to find the time to spend with God, attach a desire to grow closer to him with something that we're already doing. So let's say you're binge watching, you know, your favorite show. Rather than binge watching five episodes, why not binge four episodes? And at the end of every episode, spend five minutes reading something about the Lord or or um, or silencing yourself, or silencing yourself for five minutes and meditating on something that maybe you saw on the TV and how it relates to the gospel or, you know, how, you know, how whatever you read this morning, you know, giving yourself five minutes just to think about it and letting that be attached to the thing that you're already doing. So I love Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits makes habit building so simple. Like you, there is no excuse at this point for us as believers building better habits building better habits in, in, in God. And so, you know, take some, take a moment and get off the cell phone. Take a moment and get off of candy crushing, get off of social media. Heck, even get off of TikTok for crying out loud and just meditate on the goodness of God and what he has done. Meditate on what you're going through and what you're struggling with and how God is helping to you and what, and you know, seeking God and his guidance and his love and his patience as you endure um, you know, the, the struggles that you're going through. God tells us that every so often we need to take a step back from everything. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, he would call this a Sabbath. He would call this a Sabbath. Taking a step back from everything that we're doing and just sitting for a moment. Like I say, you don't have to go in, you know, go into a whole worship thing or anything like that. You know, we'll talk about that in greater, um, in, in, um, in greater, um, in greater magnitude in, in, in a little while. But we, as the believers in, in the believers in God, we have to always be, you know, mindful that we're giving ourselves opportunities to be able to take that step back. When we're riding in our cars, you know, what are we doing to meditate on the goodness of God? You know, are we listening to a gospel song that, that you know, causes us to think about the goodness of God and all that he's done? You know, are we silencing, you know, and just riding in the moment and just allowing God to just kind of meditate and, and minister to us in that space? When we have time, are we taking the time to, you know, get out what's in our hearts so that way we can see what we're, you know, what we're experiencing and what we're going through and what further to take to the cross. You know, these are the moments that God is giving us in silence and in solitude. You know, going for a walk outside and, you know, again, not putting on any music, not, you know, you know, unless it's, unless it's gospel centered, you know, um, but just taking some time to just be by yourself for a little while and think of the goodness of God and all that he has done. 
or thinking about the things that you're going through or thinking about the scripture that you read earlier in the day or thinking about a devotional that you may have read earlier in the day or even thinking about what you're hearing here on the True Gospel Morning Show. We're live with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Even thinking about what we're talking about here. But in any case, just pondering and meditating on God and all that he has done for each and every one of us. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that loves us. That's the God that cares about us. That's the God who has, you know, sent his son to die on a cross and rise again that we may have life and have it more abundantly. This is what God is doing for us. He's allowing us the space to be able to love him and to delight in him and to spend time with him and connect and commune with him. We, the believers in God, have to make the time. We make time for everything that we want to do. If you if you say you don't have time, it's because you're making time for what you want to make time for. And if we are the believers in God, we can we should have a desire to delight ourselves in the Lord. We should have a desire to seek first the kingdom of God and his in his um in his righteousness. If we say that we have the heart of God beating in our hearts and beating in our chests, then we should be we should have a desire to commune with him. Again, I'm not saying you have to become a monk and spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week with the man like that. But I am saying that every now and then, we should have a desire to spend just a little more time. Just a little bit of time. Just a little more time with the Lord. Delighting ourselves in him in such a way to where we, the people of God, can grow in our knowledge in our wisdom, in our understanding, and our connection, communion, and intimacy with the Lord. I put it like this, and I'm going I'm to um, shut it down for the day. Um, at least the segment down. Um, it makes very little sense to be married to my wife if I'm not going to spend time with her. It makes very little sense to have children if I'm not going to spend time with them. It makes very little sense to have friendships if I don't spend time with them. If I don't sit with them, talk to them, understand them, have them understand me, enjoy each other's company, doing things together, spending time together, talking to each other, pondering on things, it makes very little sense to have these relationships if I just have the relationships for the sake of saying I'm in a relationship. It's almost like how the Joker said in the dark night, I'm just a dog chasing cars. I don't know what I'd do if I ever caught one. What's the point of being in a relationship if you're in a relationship just to say I'm in a relationship? The whole point of the exercise is to spend time with the person that we're in a relationship with. That's all God's saying. Where, where are you, where is, where is time for me? You say you want to be with me. And again, I'm talking to the believers in the house. You know, I'm not talking to the unbelievers. I'm not expecting unbelievers to get this. I'm talking to the believers in the house. What's the point of being in a relationship with me if I never see you? If, if you're never spending time with me. I'm always here, says God. I'm always here. But if, you, if, I, if I'm here and you're not, what's the point? 
If you're not cracking open your Bible, what's the point? If you're not meditating on me, what's the point? If you're not spending time with me, what's the point of you being in a relationship with me? For a lot of us, we feel as if, we feel as if we, now we're in the kingdom, just give me stuff. Some of us feel that way anyway. God is saying, I'm more than stuff. Your power is not in the stuff. Your power is in me. The giver of the stuff. Where is your time with me? Again, five minutes can blow your mind. Ten minutes can blow your mind. You don't have to spend a whole, you know, 24 hours a day with the man to get your time in. But five minutes with the Lord can give you eternity if you let it. And after you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring you, it's going to have you desire to be more, to, be, to want more, to desire more, to crave more of him. To crave more of the God of the universe who created this whole thing. And in creating this whole thing, created you and me. And his desire is for us to connect one to another. So that he can fill us with his love. Fill us with his grace. He says, I will remove the heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. And I will pour my spirit into you. And it will cause you to want to walk in my precepts. Cause you to want to walk in my ways. That is the God that we worship. That is the God that we serve. That is the God that we believe in. And, you know, although it's imperative for us, because I see a, a conversation going on on the side, even though it's, in, it's imperative that we be a part of a church, a local body of believers, you don't have to be a part of the body to be a part of the body. Because God is not looking for us to worship him in a set of rules. He delights to make us like him by him through repentance and belief. And it will cause us to want to walk in him, cause us to want to delight in him, cause us to want to be a part of him. And so again, don't let what, what organized religion has done to manipulate or to mutilate the, the, the God that we worship, the Christ that we worship, stop you from getting to know the Lord. Because it's not about the denominations. It's about Jesus. If the denomination isn't pointing you to Jesus, you should run as far away from the denomination as you possibly can. Trust and believe. Been there, done that, wore that t-shirt. If the denomination isn't pointing you to the Savior, you need to run for the hills. It's all about Jesus. It's not about a set of rules and practices. Jesus did away with that when he said all the law has been fulfilled in me, did away with all of that. So if you find yourself in a place where you're, where you're, you're, where you're so sick of religion, so are we. That's why we follow Jesus. That's why we follow Jesus. Because he was sick of it too. And so we're saying all that to say, spend five minutes with the man. For the believers, spend five minutes with him. I promise you it'll blow your mind. Five minutes a day. Challenge all y'all. Find five minutes out your day just to spend with the Lord. I promise you, you'll never be the same. For the unbeliever, 
God loves you and wants a relationship with you. And we offer it to you right now. You don't have to run away from Christ just because the church may have hurt you. You don't have to run away from Christ because of all the atrocities that we see happening or have seen happening or things like that. I promise you, Jesus, you know, is, is greater than all of that if you give him a chance. And so I'll offer it to you right now, you know, in, in the name of Jesus, you know, if you repent and believe, if you believe that Jesus is the son of God and that, and that God raised him from the dead for your sins, you can have a relationship with him right now upon the sound of my voice. You ain't got to give no pastor your hand and, 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 and God your heart. You can just give God your heart right now. In the name of Jesus, we're praying right now for anybody who's watching this show who feels the beating in their chest, feels like God is saying, you know, hey, you know, I want a relationship with you. I'm trying to draw you near right now. We're coming before the throne of grace right now saying you can have a relationship with the Lord right now if you want one. It doesn't take you having to go to a church. You don't have, it doesn't take you having to know some pastor. It doesn't take you having to drive downtown to go find the nearest altar to, to, put your, to put your knees down. Right now, you can surrender to the Savior. You can have a relationship with him right now upon the sound of my voice. Not that my voice has any power, but it's the Spirit of Christ that's dwelling in us right now that's connecting to every person in here right now. If you don't have a walk with the Lord, you can have a walk with him right now. You can have a walk with him today upon repentance and belief. If you believe in, if you say that you, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that God raised him from the dead, you, my brother, you, my sister are saved. And in that salvation, you can begin to grow a relationship with him where I promise you, if you just spend five minutes with him, just spend five minutes with the man, I promise you it's going to change your life. It's going to change your whole life. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're certainly grateful for the 521 likes that we have received on today. We're grateful for every follower. We're grateful for every like, every comment, every share. We're so thankful that you thought it not Robert to give us a little bit of time of your day. If you missed any part of this recording or you missed any past episodes, you can go right now to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, right now and listen to any and all episodes that we've had. Any gifts that you may give to this podcast, you are going, you're giving it straight to the True Gospel Ministry. You're not giving it to me. I make my own money, pay my own bills, got my own job. All the money that we collect is going straight toward the subscriptions and the website so that we can keep this gospel content, you know, coming to you guys. Thank you so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show. We'll be right back in just a moment.
You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for every person who has come through the live on today. Um, certainly grateful for every person who is brand new to the show. If this is your first time watching, certainly thank, for, thank you for coming on and hope that this is not your last time coming to the True Gospel Morning Show right here with your boy Eddie D. Um, we're going to um, jump into our segment, What Would Jesus Say?, um, asking, what would Jesus say about a Texas love triangle? Um, the murder suspect, Caitlin Armstrong, short-lived escape attempt caught on video. Um, this was recorded on Thursday, October 12th um, by Michael. Michael um, the story was written by Michael Ruiz. says, a former yoga teacher accused of gunning down a romantic rival before leading police on an international manhunt allegedly tried to escape from Texas deputies escorting her to a doctor's appointment Wednesday. A part of her short-lived race for freedom was caught on video. A bystander sitting in the driver's seat of a car in Austin, Texas parking lot captured a six-second glimpse of Caitlin Armstrong's alleged escape attempt. She appears to be wearing the same jail-issued outfit she wore to a court appearance back in April. Police previously said the former high school track star, now 35, ran for about 10 minutes. First of all, y'all ain't have to put the girl out like that. Like, the former high school track star ran for about 10 minutes. Y'all didn't have to put her out like that. Like, y'all, 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 y'all petty. Y'all real petty for that one. Anyway... Ran for about 10 minutes before deputies recaptured her. She was taken to a hospital for evaluation and then back to the Travis County Jail, where she has been held on $3.5 million bond in connection with the murder of professional cyclist Anna Mariah Mo Wilson, age 25. Again, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, me it's just messed up. Like, y'all go, y'all put the girl out there. She's a former track star. How come she couldn't run away from the cops? Like, that's what y'all are trying to say. Y'all, so, y'all, y'all petty. Y'all real petty about that. Anyway, quote, as she and two corrections officers were exiting the medical building after the appointment, Armstrong ran, quote, unquote, um, a sheriff spokesman told Fox News Digital, quote, the officers pursued her on foot for approximately 10 minutes without ever losing sight of her. Okay, 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 we get it. We get it. She was running, but she wasn't running. Armstrong's defense attorney, Rick Coffer, did not respond to requests for comment on the alleged escape attempt. Wilson, who lived in California, was visiting the head of a cycling event when she went out to dinner with Armstrong's boyfriend, Colin Strickland, another cycling pro. Later that evening, after Strickland dropped her off at a friend's apartment where she was staying during the trip, the friend came home and found Wilson shot to death in the bathroom. Police alleged, allegedly found surveillance video showing Armstrong's Jeep nearby at the time of the slaying. However, they questioned her and let her go. By the time they sought a warrant for her after her arrest days later, she was already in New York where she met with her sister and then booked a, right, a flight to Costa Rica. After 43 days on the run and allegedly changing her appearance and adopting a new name, Costa Rican police arrested her in an idyllic beach town known for its expatriate population. They deported her on an immigration violation and sent her to the U.S. Marshals. Strickland and Wilson allegedly had a brief fling in 2021, which authorities allege sparked a deadly, jealous rage in Armstrong. However, according to court filings, Strickland repeatedly told detectives he did not believe Armstrong would have shot Wilson and that he did not think she was the jealous or violent type. Police said shell casings discovered at the crime scene matched the handgun they later seized from Armstrong in Strickland's home. Before the court issued a gag order on the case, Armstrong's defense disputed prosecutors' claim that she saw Wilson as a romantic rival, 
as, quote, misogynistic and um, fictitious. Unrelated to the... Okay, all right. Y'all, just, just do, okay, just do some more dirt. Okay, so, um, so... In, in 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 light of that, um, <clears throat> there are too many people in this world, too many flipping people in this world, for us to feel such a rage about a person dating another person. If that's the reason, because again, it's alleged they haven't gone, she hasn't gone to court, they haven't finished this up yet. So, if this is indeed the, the the reason that this happened. There are too many flipping people in the world. Too many flipping people in the world for us to be mad or jealous or hateful or spiteful over one person. Like, I know it hurts sometimes. Trust and believe. Been there, done that, wore that t-shirt. You know, but nothing should ever produce such a rage in us that we're wanting to take out an entire person for the sake of being with somebody else. Again, just shows how heinous this world is and how broken this world is. Consequence of the fall, as I tell y'all so many times, you know, we can become so possessive over people, possessive over things, jealous of other people for what they have and wanting what they have, envious over what other people have. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I think Colossians chapter 3 speaks on this. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. So many of us, we, we, we will harbor the very things. And again, listen, hear me clear. I'm talking to the believers. If you're an unbeliever, I'm not expecting you to, to, to understand this. For a lot of us, we will still harbor and hold on to anger, to malice, to wrath. To, 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 to things that people have done to us in the past. And we won't let those things go. We say we have a walk with the Lord. And we say that we, we have a deep relationship with him. And yet, we find ourselves wanting so badly to have justice be served the way that we want it served. We forget about the forgiveness of God and the fact that he was merciful to us. And as a result, we won't forgive people for what they did. And sometimes we'll let that anger and that wrath and that jealousy and that pride and that envy overtake us. I don't know whether this woman has a relationship with the Lord or not. I don't know if any of these people had a relationship with the Lord. 
But obviously they weren't operating in the spirit of the Lord. She, this, this woman, Caitlin, wasn't operating in the spirit of the Lord at the time that she felt the need to, to hurt this woman if, if this is indeed what she did. You know, she was so frustrated over the fact that she couldn't have this man and that this woman did, this other woman did, that she gunned her down. Allegedly gunned her down. If I can't have him, you can't have him. I don't want you to have him. I want him. So I'm going to make it to where he can't have you. And I'm going to have him. Again, all these people in the world. And we're so wrapped up over one person. That we can sometimes have a warped view. An inflated view of ourselves. And think that we should have everything that we want. And if we can't have it, then nobody else can. God is saying to us today that we have to be so we have to be ever so careful. Because again, I don't have a heaven or a hell to put to put this woman in. We gotta be ever so careful that we don't find ourselves in a situation where we want something so badly that we're willing to step over the cross to get what we want. That we're willing to hurt people to get what we want. We're willing to slander people's names to get what we want. That we're willing to, you know, you know, premeditate it, first degree, do things to hurt people so that we can get what we want. Far too often, if you look out in the landscape of your life, you can see times and situations and circumstances where you may have been in a situation where you were willing to do whatever it took to get what you wanted. And whatever it took meant everything was on the table. That's why, again, I cast no judgment upon her because, yeah, it was foul, but I've been there. There's something that I wanted so badly that I was willing to hurt people for it. Something that I wanted so badly that I was willing to step over Jesus to get to it. Something that I wanted so badly that I was willing to say to heck with God. I know who he is and I know his way and I know his will. But I want that thing so badly that I'm going to find a way. And still, ha and still have peace in my soul. We've all been there. In some way, shape or form. Willing to hurt somebody else to get what we wanted. Think about David and Bathsheba. David wanted that woman so badly that he was willing to step over marriage vows, his own marriage vows, let alone the marriage vows of Bathsheba, abuse his power by be, by be, by by using the power of the of the king of the kingdom, so that he could sleep with his woman. And let's and let's be clear. I want to be very clear. Bathsheba didn't have a choice. So you take with that what you will without me getting banned. It's not like Bathsheba was like, oh, you want to sleep with me, David? Oh, okay. Oh, no. Bathsheba was like, damn, you can't say no to the king. David stepping over marriage vows, stepping over being the, the, the abusing the power of the king abusing a woman also that he could get what he wanted and then try to hide it 
when she was when she got pregnant by him by bringing Uriah home so he could sleep with her so that way he can cover up his wrong and God worked that thing out where Uriah's like nah bruh no uh-uh I'm not I'm not doing that no I'm not doing that I'd rather I'd rather stay I'd rather you know stay outside than go in 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 you know, and, and get it on my wife. It ain't fair to my other people. So rather than confess, no, I'm going to go do some more dirt. I'm going to put him on the front lines. That way he can die. Then I can have Bathsheba. Then everything will be all right. Step, stepped over God. Stepped over everything he knew to be true. So that he could have what he wanted. And again, we're no different. We're no different. Some of us are willing to step over the cross, step over Jesus so we can get what we want. When Jesus is Jesus is promised to us is that we can have peace. Joy, love. A good night's sleep. But we want what we want so badly. That we'll even try to take the truth about God and twist it and turn it into a lie so that we can get what we want. Worshiping creation rather than the creator. See, we think, oh my gosh, thank you God. We think that when we hear the word worship, we think that it's talking about, we lift our hands in the sanctuary. We lift our voice to give you the glory. Like we all, that's all we think worship is. We, we care, we've caricaturized what worship is. By thinking it's all about playing somebody playing some keys, somebody playing a guitar, singing a song, lifting up holy hands, falling out of the name of the Lord. That's that's not all worship is. That's a very small part of it. Very small. Because worship is when we ascribe ultimate value and worth to a thing. When we say this thing is the thing that brings me peace, joy, happiness, contentment, satisfaction, gratification, love at an ultimate level. It is the thing. That's what worship is. And anytime we want something and it's not in line with God, we are saying to God, I am worshiping it over you. So when it says that we take the truth about God for a lie and worship creation rather than the creator, it's not saying that we're bowing down as if we're bowing down to some to some totem pole. It's saying that our heart's posture is such to where I want this thing more than I do Jesus. I desire this thing more than I do Jesus. I crave this thing more than I do Jesus. And because I crave it, I'm stepping over the cross. I'm stepping over Jesus. I'm stepping over what he's accomplished for us. I'm stepping over what he did for me. I'm stepping over the forgiveness that he gave me so I can have this thing. So I can have this thing. And so, as the believers in God, we have to be ever so careful, ever so mindful, ever so watchful that we are not stepping over Jesus to get the thing that we want. To get the thing that we crave. To get the thing that we need. Because we see that sometimes getting the thing that we want 
has consequences that we probably didn't even foresee. This woman killed a whole nother woman over a dude. With all these dudes out here. All these dudes. But she wanted this one dude so bad that she was willing to hurt a whole nother person. Unalive a whole nother person so she could have this dude. And now, in her guilt and shame, tried to escape so that she didn't have to face the consequences of her actions. And that's, ain't, ain't that us? How can I escape the consequences of my actions? I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong. I knew it was foul. I shouldn't have did that. But now I want to escape the consequences of my actions. God, please give me grace. God, please cover me. God, please give me mercy. Sometimes God will. Sometimes God won't. All for his will to be done. But that's that. ain't that us sometimes. And again, I'm talking to the believers. We step over Jesus to get to what we want. And then we want to have a relationship with Jesus after the fact. Now, mind you, God forgives 70 times 7 a day. So thank God that he's not like us. Where, oh, you oh you want my forgiveness now? Oh, you want it now? Oh, okay, you want it now. You didn't want it, you didn't want it the other day when I told you not to do it in the first place. Thank God God's not like us. We be petty. Thank God that his forgiveness is lavish. But are we truly walking in that, or are we just grateful that he didn't burn us? So now we can go back and do what we want to do all over again. Cheapening the grace of God. So I say all that to say. As we look to, as we look to, you know, um, um, I think Caitlin Armstrong, yeah, Caitlin Armstrong's example. Don't let anything in this world that you desire supersede the desire you have for God. Because if you're not careful, Satan will make that thing look so good and help you find a way to justify what you want to do that you will find yourself circumventing the cross just to do what you really want to do. And it will expose what you truly worship. We say we love Jesus, but do we really love him or do we just love that we've escaped hell? Because for a lot of us, we really don't want God. We just don't want the consequences of our actions and if we're not mindful if we're not careful God I mean not God but Satan will use what we love and wrap it in Christianese to justify what we really want to do rather than us saying you know what I see what you did God See what you did. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of a temple and said to him, 
If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, again it is written, you should not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. I say all that to say to my, to my people today, don't get caught in the hype. Satan has powers too, and he is willing to try to get you, manipulate you into thinking that what you really want is what you should really have. And he'll wrap that thing up and make it look so good that it'll look like God talking to you. Don't fall for the hype. Because at the end of the day, what God has for you is for you. And if it's meant for you to have it, you'll have it. You may not have it when you want it, but you'll have it at the appointed time. It's not to say that Caitlin and this man couldn't have gotten together eventually, if that's what God wanted. But at that time, it wasn't meant but her heart was so full of jealousy and desire that she was willing to unalive somebody just so that she can have what she wanted. And now she's lost everything, including him. Sin seems really enticing in the beginning and it feels really good for a moment. But the, but the impact of sin has far greater consequences than we could ever imagine. Just ask Adam and Eve. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're certainly thankful for the thousand likes that we have gotten today. Thank you so much for that, for, for all of that. Thank you for your likes. Thank you for your shares. Thank you for your follows. Thank you for your comments. We thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today. If you missed any part of this message or any part of this recording, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now. And subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and listen to any and all of our past episodes from our inception to now. We're certainly thankful for your presence here, and we'll be right with you in just a moment.
watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on TikTok. Uh, we're going to be going into our sanctification session. Getting better at this. Um, and in this, we're going to be listening to a podcast by Jackie Green. Um, she interviewed Tim Ross, um, who is the... Uh, the, 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 the face of the, ba the basement, um, the basement and, um, has a podcast, a YouTube. I mean, the, the man's doing phenomenal work in the name of the Lord. Really, really proud of him. He's supposed to be having an app coming out really soon. Um, and anyway, um, he was on the show and they were talking about being honest, um, in the faith. And so I wanted to play this snippet and then we'll get into our conversation about it, um, right here. Give believers enough permission to be honest about the way they're experiencing the season that they're in. Mm. So God may have called you into a season, but if it's difficult, you need to be able to say, I believe in God and I'm going through this season. It sucks. <laughs> we put Jesus glitter on top of difficult situations and seasons of our life. And when we're not honest with our mouth, our body keeps score of that. Ooh. Our bodies know when we're not honest. And our bodies will start to react in ways to let you know, until you're honest about this with your mouth, I'm going to break your face out. Whoa. Your hair going to start falling out. You ain't going to sleep good tonight. You know why? Because you keep lying on us. Sure. You know us don't feel good, but you're still getting up talking about, I'm being faithful and God is with me and I ain't scared about nothing. But you sleep two and a half hours a night. That's not sleep. You're taking a nap. That's you go to sleep worried about it. You wake up worried about it. So just be as honest as the Bible that you read. Call a spade a spade. I'm doing what God told me to do, and I don't like it right now. We do not give believers enough permission to be honest about... Many of us in the faith have been um, raised to believe that we should not look like what we're going through. Many of us in the faith have been taught that we can't talk about the issues that we have going on. By and large, we have lived in societies and in churches of silence where we don't talk about anything that we have going on. We won't talk to anybody about the issues, won't talk to anybody about the problems. We're just told to pray about it. We're told to suck it up. We're told that, you know, God does not give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And we don't we don't show our weaknesses to one another. Despite the fact that just about everywhere in scripture you find weak people doing extraordinary things for God, but at the same time being honest about where they're at. And for many of us, that's the reason why we either won't believe in God after a season of trying to. Or our faith walk in him is so shallow because we want to put on the Superman suit and say, God's got me. God's going to take care of this. God's going to handle this. Now, are we believing in God for what he can do? 100%. Bar none. But many of us have underestimated and underutilized the power of confession. We don't talk about what we're going through. In therapy, we talk about psychosomatic symptoms. And psychosomatic symptoms are basically when the body manifests emotional and mental issues. 
when we don't talk about our problems, when we don't talk about our stressors, when we don't talk about the things that are going on inside of our hearts, our bodies will manifest what's going on inside. Heart attacks, strokes, headaches and migraines, those things are more often caused by stress than anything else. More so than physical issues or, you know, or, or, you know, or bad dieting or anything like that. Sometimes just being stressed can produce the same symptoms as a person who is like 600 pounds heavyweight. You wonder how a person who can be super duper healthy can have a heart attack? Stress. How a person who's healthy as a healthy as as all get out, you know, bench pressing 650, you know, able to, you know, run leaps and bounds, got 0.2% body fat, can have a heart attack, stress. Stressed out over something, stressed out over this, stressed out over that, hiding some secrets away, dealing with some secret sin, dealing with some secret shame, dealing with some secret guilt, dealing with something that happened in their childhood. Their bodies can manifest those things. And we, as the people of God, we're taught far more often than we like to admit, don't talk about it. I thank God for the generation that we live in right now, where we are learning, you gotta talk about it. Like, I thank God that God put me in a position as a therapist, partly because now therapy is becoming the thing to do. Mind you, you know, still need Jesus. Like Jesus is the only one who can come in and really fix a lot of this stuff, all this stuff really. But being able to just get it off your chest. I was talking to some clients yesterday and both of them are like at their wits end. And they were like, I just, I just need some tips. I need some strategies. I need this. I need that. And I said to him, ain't no tips or strategy going to help you, you know, deal with the fact that you got a whole grown son with special needs and a, and a, and a child with special needs. That ain't going nowhere. On top of your job, on top of your marriage. You, nothing, no strategy can fix that. You need, what's going on, Bonnie? Good to see you. We need, you need somebody to talk to. I prescribe just talking. Get you a therapist who you can get your stress out to. Because you just need to get somebody to dump this stuff on. Because you can't dump it on your wife. She's in the fray with you. You know, and, and, and you and, and it's not to say that you shouldn't dump it on her, but she's in that fray with you. And y'all dumping on top of each other on top of each other, you need an outlet. You need a friend. Someone who's outside the system. Who you can share your issues and share your problems and get this stuff off your chest. For many of us, we don't have those friends. We don't have those loved ones. We don't have those 
church members, those three or four good brothers and sisters who we can lean on to talk about our issues and talk about our problems with. To talk about the things that we need to talk to our people to talk about. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that Jesus, being God, still went and spent time with God? Isn't it interesting that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are the Holy Trinity? That they paint the picture of communion with the brothers and sisters? For as they are working and operating harmony, harmony, so, so should we. That we should have about a good two or three brothers and sisters that we can talk to on a regular basis about the issues and the problems that we face from one day to the next. Not to say that we need to like dump on them per se, but we got a lot of stuff that we're holding on to because we want to be strong in the Lord. Not, re not remembering that our strength is made perfect in our weakness by God. That it's by God's strength that we do what we do. We should glory in our weaknesses so that the glory of Christ can supersede it. I'm going through a hard time. I'm going through difficult moments. I'm going through situations. I'm going through circumstances in my life and they suck. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about how they, I was talking to somebody a long time ago, actually. And, you know, she was going through, you know, her, her mom, you know, passing away. It was at the end of life for her. And she asked me, you know, she was like, what can I do? I said, endure. This sucks. This sucks. And you, and it's okay to admit that. There's no platitudes that we can give. Yet, yeah, thank, thank God she's going to a, a better place. Yeah, we thank God for that. But no, in the moment, this sucks. This blows. Let's just sit in that. It sucks. Had another person last week. Her um her relationship came to an end. She didn't, and she was hurt by that. And she was like, what do I do? I said, you need to grieve. Let's sit in it. Let's sit in it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the good times y'all had. Let's talk about what went wrong. Let's talk about why this sucks so much. Let's talk about it, though. Let's not dismiss it away. That's not going to do any good. It's just going to sit on your heart. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about why this bothers you so much. Let's talk about why this is an issue for you. Let's talk about why in this moment that in your vulnerability, you want to turn back to corn. And you know what that's code word for. Let's talk about why you want to turn back to the drugs. Let's talk about why you want to, you know, why you want to cheat on your spouse. Let's talk about why you want to, you know, do the things that you want to do that you know are not of God. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how much you wish that God would come and help you in your situation, but it feels like he's not around. It feels like he's not there. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how it hurts your soul to see your child, you know, going wayward. 
Let's talk about how you wish that you could find a way to get your spouse to see you, but for some reason they just can't see you. Let's talk about that. We don't have to hide behind shadows. We live in the freedom of God. He said, the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. I don't have to be afraid of exposing my issues and my problems and my hangups to anybody. Because I serve a true and living God who has helped deliver me from those things. And I'm being delivered every day. I am delivered and I'm being delivered. I am saved and I'm being saved every single day. And so I can walk in the joy and the love and the hope that God has given me and expose my weaknesses and expose my failings and expose my faults and expose my flaws. I don't have to hide. Because what, what is hiding going to do? All it's going to do is cause me to walk in my own strength, walk in my own might, walk in my, walk in my own self. And as a result, I'm denying the power of God that he's given me through his uh, through Christ's finished work on the cross. So I glory in my weaknesses. So that the so that the power of Christ. May abound in me. I don't have to hide who I am or hide what I've gone through or hide the issues that I currently struggle with. I don't have to do that. Because I serve a true and living God who has delivered me from it all and is delivering me every day. You, my brother, you, my sister, you don't have to hide your issues. And if you are attending a church or attending a space that's saying you have to, you should question that. Because we don't live in the shadows. Oh my God. We live in the light. You go in any dark room. And light a match. The darkness has to flee. We don't live in the shadows. We, we revel in the light. We don't work in the night. We work in the day. So we as the believers in God, we don't have to hide our hangups, our faults and flaws. Now, as I say that, use wisdom. Use wisdom. Everybody can't know your business. Because everybody ain't out for your good. And unless God is telling you to expose yourself to the masses and before y'all don't do not go there, you nasties. Make sure that that's what God is calling you to do. But you should have at least two or three solid brothers and sisters. Two or three solid brothers and sisters that you can talk to on a regular basis about it all. Good, bad and indifferent. Because we, we don't dwell in the shadows. Sin loves the shadows. Despises the light. We as the believers in God. We 
walk in the light. So if you find yourself in a place where you are, you know, hurting in your bones, you feel like I got high blood pressure all the time, I'm wigging out, I'm anxious all the time. When was the last time you talked to somebody about your issues? When was the last time you talked to somebody about your problems? When was the last time that you brought your darkness and exposed it to the light? A lot of us are taking naps, but we're not going to sleep. Waking up two, three o'clock in the morning, worried about the world and everything in it. When, when scripture tells us, don't be anxious for nothing. The only way that we can move through, the only way that we can move through our anxieties is if we are honest with God and honest with somebody about what we got going on. And it would do well for our churches to be more open to being open. To give way for people to be honest and open about the issues that they have. And stop telling people to hide behind shadows and trying to trying to look the part of of being saved. There is no way to look. There is a way to be. Jesus. There's not a way, a look, way to look. There's a way to be. And we the believers in God, we would do well to open ourselves up to being vulnerable. Because can you imagine the amount of heart attacks, strokes, high blood pressure, hypertension and things can be decreased just by us talking, just by us talking about the things that are going on inside of our hearts and minds. You don't have to be alone. You do not have to be alone. You don't have to walk this Christian walk by yourself. You don't have to be strong. You do not have to be the, the strong man. You don't have to be the superwoman. You ain't got to put the S on your chest. You can glory in your weaknesses, recognizing that the power that God has in, in his strength being made perfect in our weakness. Again, use wisdom. So I'll, I'll repeat this again. Use wisdom. Know who you can talk to. Because you can't talk to everybody. Everybody's not for you. And everybody's not equipped to handle. But find you two or three good solid brothers and sisters. And, be, and share life with them. Create proximity. Closeness to them. Because it's often the case that the closer you are to somebody. The less likely they are I'm not saying this still can be done but the less likely they are to betray trust the closer you are to them so get you a, get you around some good two or three solid brothers and sisters get you two or three solid brothers and sisters and recognize that there is strength in weakness There's no reason why at 35, 36, 37, we should be having heart attacks and strokes. Not due to stress. If we stressing that bad, we got to start talking.
we got to start talking. What's going on in here? All that stuff about be a man, screw that noise. You want to be a real man, talk. You want to be a strong woman, talk. Because God's strength is made perfect in weakness. Not in strength. You don't have to be strong for anybody. It's God that makes us strong. Our confidence is not in ourselves. Our confidence is in the Lord. This isn't, again, I'm not saying this is a woe is me message. But our confidence is in Christ. Which allows us to be honest about where we're at. We thank God for where we are and we praise him and we worship him and we're honest with him. God doesn't, oh my gosh, God doesn't need your strength. God doesn't need your Superman. God doesn't need you to be strong in the Lord. God doesn't need that. He's not looking for you to show up looking your best he's looking for you to show up as your realist a lot of atheists that get on here and a lot of unbelievers that get on here you know i tell them i tell y'all all the time i'm i'm thankful that you're just honest with where you're at that's why i don't get in arguments with y'all you're honest with where you're at you don't want anything to do with him god can do more with your honesty than he can with fakeness I'm glad that you're honest with where you are with the Lord right now. I wish more Christians would be as honest as y'all are. Because how much stronger would we be in the Lord if we would just be honest with where we're at? Instead of faking the funk and trying to make people believe that we are more than what we are. And to my atheists and to my unbelievers and to my agnostics and all that, like I tell y'all all the time, you know what time it is, but, um, you know, true gospel morning show watchers, God loves you and wants a relationship with you. But thank you nonetheless for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. Because again, we believers could learn something about honesty from y'all. Be honest about where you're at. God, I love you, but this sucks right now. Okay, let's talk about that. I, I know you're real, but man, this is tough. Let's talk about that. God, I don't know if you're going to show up. I, I Honestly, I'm, I'm really concerned that you're not. Okay, cool, let's talk about that. God can handle your honesty. He died on the cross. He he handled he handled hell. <laughs> he can handle your honesty. So again, I'm saying all that to say, be honest with where you're at, because at the end of the day, God can do more with your honesty, and do more with your vulnerability, than He can with your strength, because our strength, God's strength, is made perfect in our weaknesses.
You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank y'all so much for the 1,900 likes that you have given us on today. Thank you for every like, every comment, every share. Certainly grateful for you guys coming in with the comments as well. If you've missed any part of this message or just want to catch up on past episodes, go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and um, subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast and catch up on any and all episodes that you may have missed. We love you guys so much for, uh, for stopping by, and we'll be right back in just a moment. watching the true gospel morning show with your boy eddie d right here on tiktok live we're with you monday through friday 6 a.m to 8 a.m eastern standard time um someone had asked the question um and so we're gonna go through the segment question from the chat um asked the question about halloween they asked the question whether or not halloween is a holiday that christians should be um partaking in particularly because um there was some um, somebody who had said something who, and he was like the head or a head of the Church of Satan and had said that they're grateful that once a year children dress up and in, in, in they celebrate Satan. Um, and so, um, and so the question was, should we as believers be celebrating Halloween? So the way that I look at it is like this. Um, and this, so this is my topic sentence. Any good thing can be weaponized and used as a bad thing. That's my that's 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 the overarching theme of this whole thing. For example, 
this Bible, anybody can use any verse out of this Bible and, and use it as a weapon to hurt people. It's been done in the past. It's, been, it's being done right now. Every, every person on the planet can use this Bible and weaponize it. This is a good word. God breathed, God inspired. Somebody's using this word right now to demonize and hurt somebody. It happens all the time. We see it throughout all of history that good things can be weaponized as a means of trying to hurt people. So, in that same vein, any bad thing Christians will try to use in an attempt to Christianize it. Okay? So just like a person can take a good thing and turn it into a bad thing, Christians will try to take a bad thing and Christianize it. So I find it ironic that the, the, same, the same Christian as a whole, Christianity as a whole, currently demonizes the very thing that Christians as a whole brought in to our um, faith and wrapped it up in Christianese. If you go to worldhistory.org, there's an article called The History of Halloween. And I'm going to read this thing until I'm tired of reading it. Halloween is among the oldest traditions in the world as it touches on an essential element. And this is written by Joshua J. Mark on October 21st, 2019. Um, on an essential element of the human condition, the relationship between the living and the dead. The observance evolved from ancient rituals marking the transition from summer to winter, thereby associating it with transformation, which is still a central theme of the holiday. Every recorded civilization has, has created some form of ritual observance focused on what happens to people when they die, where they go, and how the living should best honor those who have passed or respond to the dead who seem unwilling or unable to move on. To move on. Countries around the world today celebrate Halloween in one form or, of an, or another, from Mexico's Day of the Dead to China's Tomb Sweeping Day. The modern-day observance of Halloween in countries such as the United States and Canada, where this tradition is most popular, share in this ancient tradition, even though some aspects, and I would argue and say most aspects, are of the holiday are relatively recent developments and can be traced back to the Celtic festival of Samhain. Christian groups throughout, through the years have routinely attempted to demonize and denigrate the observance, in part by repeating the erroneous claim that, that Samhain was the Celtic god of the dead and Halloween his feast. This error comes from the 18th century British engineer Charles Valency, who wrote on the Samhain festival with a poor understanding of the culture and language and has been repeatedly uncritically has been repeated uncritically since. It was actually the church itself, however, and this is the piece I want y'all to hear. It was actually the church itself, however, which preserved the Samhain tradition in the West by Christianizing it in the ninth century, setting the course for a pagan Northern European religious traditions transformation into a worldwide secular holiday, which has become the most popular and commercially lucrative of the year, second only to Christmas. 
Halloween traditions in the West date back to thousands of years to the festival of Samhain, the Celtic New Year's festival. The name means summer's end, and the festival marked the close of the close of the harvest season and the coming of winter. The Celts believed that the veil between the worlds of the living and the dead were thinnest at this time, and so the dead could return and walk their way where they had before. Further, those who had died in the past year and who, for one reason or another, had not yet moved on, could do so at this time and might interact with the living in saying goodbye. Very little is known of the rituals of ancient Samhain because the church Christianized it, as with many pagan festivals. And what information is available comes from Irish monks who recorded the pre-Christian history of their people, as well as other Christian scribes denigrating pagan rites. It seems, however, that the observance included stocking up supplies for the winter, slaughtering cattle, and disposing of the bones in bonefires, interesting, which in time became known to be bonfires. They were, there were gatherings of communities for feasting and drinking while this was going on, but there was also the awareness of the thin time of the year and the possibility of otherworldly visitors showing up at the party. Departed loved ones were expected and welcomed, and the practice of setting out favorite foods for the dead may have originated as early as 2,000 years ago, though this is unclear, but many of the kinds of spirits, some which never had human form, could also appear. Elves, fairies, the wee folk, sprites, and dark energies were just as likely to pay a visit as those long to see um, one, one as those one longed to see one last time. Further, there was a good chance that the spirit of a person may, that one may have wronged would also make an appearance. In order to deceive the spirits, people darkened their faces with ashes from the bonfires, a practice later known as guising, disguise, and this developed into wearing masks. A living person would recognize the spirit of a loved one and could then reveal themselves, but otherwise remain safe from the unwanted attention of darker, for darker, for darker forces. How long ago those rituals were included in the observance of Samhain is unknown, but some form of them were probably in place by the time Christianity came to Ireland in the 5th century. The Hill of the Ward in County Meath was the site of the bonfire lighted on or around 31st of October, signaling the beginning of Samhain festivities when it was answered by, much of the, by the much more prominent fire of the, from the Neolithic site of the Hill of Tara across from it. Archaeologists from the University College Dublin have dated the excavated works to 200 CE, but noted that, the, that these are only the latest developments at a site first used for ceremonial fires 2,000 years ago. The hill is named for the druid Tlatlak... I'm going to mess this up. Tlatka. Daughter of the powerful druid Mug Ruith, who traveled the world learning his craft. She was hurt badly by the three sons of Simon Magus, infamous for his confrontation with St. Peter in the biblical book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 9 through 24, and gave birth to triplets on the hill that bears her name before dying there. 
The inclusion of a biblical villain in her story, obviously, places the legend in the Christian era and aligns Talatka with St. Peter insofar as they share a common adversary. Scholars believe that the Talatka story, like so many Celtic legends, was Christianized after the coming of St. Patrick to Ireland and her assault by the sons of Simon Magus were added to a pre-existing account. The Christianization of pagan symbols, temples, festivals, legends, and religious iconography is well established and applies to Samhain festivals as well as many others. Pope Boniface IV had set May 13th as All Saints Day, All Hallows Day, a feast to celebrate those saints who did not have a day to their own. In the 7th century when he consecrated the great pagan temple of the Pantheon in Rome to St. Mary and Christian martyrs. But in the 8th century, Pope Gregory III moved the date of the feast to 1 November. The motivation for this move is still debated. Some scholars claim it was done intentionally to Christianize Samhain by turning it into All Hallows Eve, Halloween, which is most likely true as, they, as the move follows an established Christian paradigm of redeeming all pagan, all things pagan in an effort to ease the conversion process of a given population. Prior to Christianization, 13th of May had been the last day of the Roman festival of Lemuria, dedicated to placating the angry or restless dead. The festival developed from a pair of observances held earlier in the year, Parentalia, which honored the spirits of one's ancestors, and Feralia, which honored the spirits of loved ones lost. On Feralia, the living were obligated to remember and visit the graves of the dead and leave them gifts in the form of grains, salts, bread soaked in wine, wreaths accompanied by violet petals. So, you can read more on this on, on worldhistory.org. But the point that I'm bringing out to us today is simply that Christians have this tendency to get mad over things that they know nothing about. Halloween is simply honoring the dead. That's what its original intention was about. Christianity whitewashed it, so to speak, Christian washed it, Christianized it, and moved their All Saints Day to November 1st so that Halloween, All Hallows Eve, and All Saints Day ran concurrent, side by side, ran consecutive, side by side. So you celebrated that night, and then that day you celebrated again. As usual, People forgot about all of that as they brought it over to America, added some other stuff, and again, forgot about all the origins. So now we're over here thinking, we're celebrating Satan. Wasn't it the Christians that brought it over in the first flipping place? Wasn't it us bringing it over? So now why are we getting upset? Furthermore, God looks at the heart. What is your intention in putting on a costume? What is your intention on putting on a mask? What is your intention 
of going out and trick-or-treating. You're not conjuring up spirits by putting on a costume. You're not conjuring up spirits by going out and asking people for candy. Like, there's nothing wrong with knocking on a door saying trick-or-treat. We're making mountains out of molehills. We're so worried about Halloween, but you're not worried about your brothers and sisters that are out here abusing people in the church. And you're not willing to do your own history, your own, your own research to realize Christians were the ones who redeemed this pagan holiday to begin with. And it had nothing to do with celebrating evil spirits. If anything, these folk were trying to drive the evil spirits away, not knowing about Jesus, but trying to drive the evil spirits away because they were afraid that they were going to lose their loved ones in the coming winter. But per usual, we don't we we so ignorant. And because we see we see skull and bones and we see jack-o'-lanterns and we see, you know, people wanting to put on a pitchfork and horns, oh, they're celebrating Satan. The whole holiday sucks. We shouldn't celebrate it at all. Do you want me to go there? Don't celebrate Christmas. Because are you really celebrating Jesus' birth? Or are you waiting for what's up under the tree? Don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day ain't got nothing to do with the Lord. It's got everything to do with Eros, not Agape. Don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Because apparently... St. Patrick's Day, all it is, is people getting drunk. Let's go to the bar and get drunk. Cinco de Mayo, that ain't even our holiday in America. That belongs to Mexico. But what do we do? Appropriate it. And what do we do? Go to a Mexican restaurant and get drunk. Don't celebrate the 4th of July. Because we sure ain't celebrating independence. What we doing? Barbecuing. It's, thank, thank God for the day off, shooting fireworks off the day before, the day of, and the day after, scaring all the dogs in the neighborhood. Don't celebrate Labor Day. Don't celebrate Thanksgiving because you're not thank you're not being thankful. You're just gorging yourself on food and watching football. I know because I do it. Don't celebrate anything. Don't celebrate your birthday. Don't celebrate an anniversary. Don't celebrate a, anything that happens. Don't, don't celebrate a graduation. Because if you're, if we're saying we shouldn't do anything that, you know, that we shouldn't celebrate that pagan holiday, we shouldn't celebrate any of them. Because none of them, none of them started out. Christian. None of them. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, but Easter is about Esther, the goddess of fertility. 
That's why they bring bunnies out. So don't celebrate any holiday. You see what I'm saying? See how ridiculous that sounds? It's about your heart's intent. God sees the heart. What are you celebrating for? What are you celebrating for? And dang right I'm making somebody mad because I'm mad because this is dumb. This is dumb. What are you celebrating for? God sees the heart. He's not looking. If you're going to get that hung up over a holiday that never belonged to us to begin with, but we as Christians wrapped it up in Christianese and then forgot our own history, don't celebrate anything else. Because I promise you, if you look back far enough, you'll find that none of the people from Jesus' time forward were celebrating anything that we celebrate. Not a thing. And then ask yourself, well, are we going to celebrate? Don't let your pastors come in and, 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 and give y'all some faulty information and y'all just run with it. Do your own research. And then make up your own minds what you're going to do. Do your research. Because I promise you, everything that we do ain't nothing new under the sun. And you got to check your heart's posture. Why are you doing what you're doing? You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, last thing I want to talk to y'all, something praiseworthy today. Um, I don't know if y'all got to catch it this weekend. I certainly almost forgot about it until I watched it on TikTok, go freaking figure. But we had a solar eclipse to come through on Saturday um, and... Depending upon where you were in the world, you got to either catch a part of it or the whole thing. Uh, we got, I got to see the most of what um, the sun was going, what the eclipse did um, in our neck of the woods. Some of y'all got a partial, some of y'all got a full, but it was fan flipping tastic, and I was so glad that we got enough cloud cover for me to catch a picture of it. Um, matter of fact, let me see if I can make this work without it going haywire. Um, See if it'll let me do what I want it to do. Um, dum, 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 dum. Let me see. Um, give me a second. See if I can find it. Got some pictures for you guys to see. Um, yes, that's the one. That's the picture that I caught. Like, it was so freaking just spectacular, man. Like, I I was so glad I was able to catch it. Like, you know, it's really hard to be able to, you know, to catch it when, you know, with the sun shining. And I don't know how to work filters like my daughter does. And so she was able to get the, um, uh, so I was able, by the, by the clouds that you see all around it, to be able to darken it enough to where I was able to capture it. It looked like the moon, y'all. It looked like the moon, like. It was so freaking cool, um, and I was just glad to be able to get out there in time because I almost missed it. Like I said, if I've not been on TikTok, 
um, I wouldn't I would I wouldn't have remembered that we were having an eclipse that day, and so I was glad I was able to capture it, able to get a picture of it right there. Um, for everybody, um, for you know, for me, and so I have it for my own posterity. And the crazy thing about it is, we're not gonna get another eclipse on this side of um, of our of our um world until like 2046 or something like that. So we're not gonna be able to see this again for another like you know 20 years, which is freaking crazy, right? But at the end of the day, I'm just glad that I was able to capture the partial of it, and um, I'm glad that you guys, I'm able to show it to you guys here on the show um and again this just it just god is just so marvelous man when i see stuff like this i go i harken back to david when david said when i look out into the world and i see the things that you have made the stars in the skies and the in the trees and the mountains and all that what is man that you are mindful of him the son of man that you care for him Yet you set him a little lower than the angels, man. Like, golly, like when I see stuff like this, I'm like, God, who, who am I that you care about me? I am not the sun. You know, I'm not the moon casting a shadow. Like, you know, it's crazy how God set that thing up to where the moon is just far enough from the earth and we're just far enough from the sun to where the moon can cast, can, can create this thing and be completely covering the sun perfectly like it makes no sense like it's not bigger than the it's not bigger than the sun it's not smaller than the sun in terms of like the distance proximity of it all and everything like it is perfectly there to where it covers and creates that ring and i wish that's why i wish i could have got the ring but we didn't live far enough into the country like we live you know we live um uh, close to the coast and so we only got that partial like that's the far furthest it was gonna get for us but man it's like to be able to just witness the majesty of God is just, it's just so unreal. And this is why it, it should stir up worship in us. When we look out into the world and see all that God has created, it should stir up worship into us. We should be just marveling at the goodness of God and all that he has done for us. And so I'm just excited. I was excited this mess to be able to see that and grateful that God gave us this opportunity to be able to, um, to, to show, to, 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 to highlight that for y'all, to remind y'all of how awesome our God is that something as simple as a um a um a solar eclipse can produce worship, produce praise in, in, in us. And so I'm just so grateful that I got to be able to share that with y'all and hope that it just stirs up worship in you as it stirred up worship in me. Because God is so good and so worthy to be praised, uplifted, exalted for all that He has done for every last one of us. Listen, guys, I love y'all so so much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for the 2,300 likes that we have received. Thank you for every comment. Thank you for every share. Thank you for everything that you guys have done. I really do appreciate y'all so, so much from the bottom of my heart for everything that y'all do. Um, if you've missed any part of this message, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and catch any recap of, of everything that we have said on today and all past episodes. Thank y'all so, so much from the bottom of my heart for all your viewership, your likes, your comments, your shares, and your follows. As always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.